Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase the people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know that we need so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens. In these diversity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, the Talent Surgery, the Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of them all, the Women of Fintech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me for more information to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through my LinkedIn or at nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Talent Surgery podcast series. We want to celebrate the individuals that have revolutionized the hiring and onboarding processes across the fintech industry. Talent creation is more than just a first day, a first week or a first year. So we want to showcase how all encompassing it is to people's entire careers and their successes. We believe it's the people that really define and execute strategy and want to showcase the agility needed to build great teams. So, welcome Philippa Munitz, Head of People at Capital on Tap. Now, Capital on Tap was founded in 2012 and they are on a mission to help small businesses thrive. And they were recently featured in Sunday Times Tech Track 100 at number 29. They are one of the fastest growing companies in the UK and have continued to do so during lockdown. So welcome, Philippa. Hello. Hi, lovely to have you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you very for much for having me. me. Um, so we're really excited to hear all about you and all about Capital on Tap today. So tell us about Capital on Tap as an introduction. Uh, so as I said, Capital Tap was founded in 2012. We're a fintech and uh, we do business credit cards uh, primarily for small businesses. Um, we are based um, all over. So we are 90 people in London. We are, we've got presence in Madrid. Uh, we've got nearly 40 people in Cardiff. And we've just um, pressed hard our first press in the US. Oh, uh, congrats. Amazing. So um. Now, the thing that people really like to listen to this episode and this sort of series is about your role, what you do, what your role encompasses. So give us a bit about that. So my role encompasses everything and anything to do with people. So everything from recruitment, employer branding, getting people to know who Capital and Tap are, all the way through to um, anything HR related. So you've got learning development benefits all that stuff I think my favorite part of my role though is everything to do with culture and really ensuring that our company values are incorporated into everything we do so the company values are something that's quite unique to you guys um, and, um, and I think it'd be really good for you to kind of expand a bit on that as well as telling us what makes it a great place for somebody to work because I know that you've got a lot to tell us there so I, I do love our values and um, we introduced our values uh, last April and we didn't want to introduce anything new. We wanted it saying, hey, this is our culture, but we want to introduce a common language and words that really res- represented what we cared about. Yeah. So we got together a group of 10 people and we went through different stories 
that were pivotal to cap and tap history. So from that, we've got a whole group of different fun words and we came up with three different values that really represent us as a company. So the first one's called Just Pilot. Yeah. Piloting is a massive part of our culture. So we're always encouraging people to, to question things, try new things and be okay with failure. Um, and something we do once, uh, twice a year is something called the Innovation Tap where anyone can put forward an idea to senior management to say, hey, this would be a cool product feature or a new, a new distribution method to customers. And it's been so successful. We're going to be launching our fourth round next week. Oh, that's amazing. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. And the winner of that gets a £3,000 paid trip somewhere. We might need to think about a, a different... Staycation, £3,000. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's brilliant. And some of the ideas that come through have just been absolutely fantastic. Um, so that's just pilot. Deliver it simple. Um, our main distribution to, to customers is letters. Um, I think people are quite shocked by that as we're a tech company, but letters are the way that we, it's been pivotal to our success and our growth um, across, across the different countries. And you deliver a letter and it's very simple. So. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. But I think it's true, isn't it? Like um, when you receive a letter now, it means so much more than it did mm. three years ago. You know, because we, we're so used to WhatsApps, texts, you know, Instagram, like, like very quick and, and short touch points with people online. Yeah. And actually to receive a letter, you, you, you take a minute, don't you, to sit down yeah. and go, right, let's, let's read that. It's, it's, um, it's touching, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that idea of simplicity is just so important. Our, our customers are very busy business owners. They've got their own customers, inventory, all of that stuff. And so even though our tech is complicated, our decision engine is complicated, we want to be very simple product for our own customer to help with their business and, and not have to worry about their funding. Um, and then our final value, which is my favorite, is called Be A Buddy. And Buddy is our chief exec's dog. He's in oh, every day. Amazing. And so the term buddy, it sounds a bit cheesy externally, but internally it means a huge amount. And a big part of being a buddy is, is helping out your colleagues and, and stepping in. And, and we never want someone to say like, that's never not my job. Mm-hmm. Um, huge part of our culture and everything we do at the company reinforces these, these values. So yeah, really important. And I see it as part of my role to, to have that as part of hiring. So every single candidate has a values based interview. And um, we have it as part of our benefits package. Last year, we introduced our anniversary rewards. And each year is based on one of our company values. So I, I won't go through them all, but year two is money towards being a buddy to a loved one. So you get some money and then you go and exhibit that value outside of work and, and take out one of your loved ones. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's absolutely lovely what people spend that on. Very nice. And, and again, like that's, um, that's really highlighting how everyone's different and they'll like to spend that mm-hmm. money in different ways. Like, you know, coming from a recruitment business, we constantly think, you know, what can we do to support our staff? And actually everyone's different. So you can't say, I want to reward everybody with a bonus or everybody with um, a night out uh, down the boozer, you know, like it's, yeah. everybody wants something different. So if you give them choice with that, that's really listening to people, which is lovely. Um, and, and great to hear that, that you've, you've really thought about those values and, and identified them from what, what you'd created. And, and to go back and look at stories as well, as well, I think makes it really nice and genuine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, so my next question is more around the challenges that you face as a business and how you overcome them. People listening to the series love to love to hear sort of the hurdles and, and, and how they're jumped over. So do share. I think I was thinking about this and I think there's been some natural growing pains as we've got bigger. So I joined the company when we were about 60 people. Mm-hmm. I think there was probably a few growing pains before that point in the sense of when you get above 15 people, you can't sit in the same room. And then you get about 50 people and you might not know everyone's name anymore. Um, and so there's those kind of natural things we've gone through. I think where we're at now, uh, we're kind of in our fourth location. We're well over 100 people now. There's some growing pains around communication that are really coming in. Um, I think you then add on top of time difference with the US. Yes. So, um, yeah, there's definitely um, some areas we can improve around communication. Lockdown has actually been great for us. Um, and we've that people feel more communicated with. I think when lockdown happened, we took a step back and thought, okay, what are we going to do to support our staff through this? Mm-hmm. And some things we did, we introduced, we used to have a monthly town hall. It was then moved to weekly. Mm-hmm. And then oh, Philip, it's a bit much. So then we, we, <laughs> yeah. um, we make sure that everyone has a checkpoint with their manager every day. Um, and the management team is meeting much more often as well. And I think it's actually lockdown that's helped us improve our communication. So it's come quite a good time. And we've onboarded 40 people remotely. Congratulations. Uh, Amazing. <laughs> and I think a huge, a huge challenge there is how do, you, how do you create belonging when someone isn't in the office and seeing people every day? And we've done quite a few different things around that. But I think the next challenge is when you bring everyone hopefully back to the office, how do you make sure everyone feels very included? Mm. And the culture that we've worked so hard on pre-COVID and then during lockdown is now forming another iteration. And yeah. how do you help everyone feel included that may not have met people in real life? And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how we cope through that coming out the other side. Yeah, it's great to see you talk about different iterations because I believe that companies that are agile will always be able to deal with different crises in, 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 in the world. I mean, look at the pandemic that hit us and you've been able to hire 40 people through that and you're going to have to change as you pre-board, as you onboard, as you build that culture and, and you are doing that. You're doing the change and you're already thinking about the next stage of change, which, um, which isn't like a concern for change. It's more of an, you're, you're excited about it and excited how to handle it. So it's great to hear that. Um, so it's probably a bit of a difficult question for me to ask, which is my next one. My next one is, is what is your people strategy? But you've already said like, it's, it's kind of changing as you go. So if there is anything you could add to that, that'd be great for us all to hear. Yeah, I think for, for me, when I think about kind of what I, the people strategy for Capital and Tap, is thinking about when someone looks at Capital and Tap on their CV, what does it make them think? And people don't have a job for life anymore. People will be in companies for two years, eight years, whatever. And I think, I think that's absolutely okay to be open and transparent about that. And what I really want is when someone looks at their CV and they, they see their time at Capital is really special and they think wow I enha- I accelerated my career like threefold I would have been another company and I had opportunities I wouldn't have had elsewhere and or I got my first management role or I completely pivoted we've had a lot of people pivot into to different roles and I love that mm-hmm. and so kind of everything I base on that strategy that people see their time at Cap and Tap very special if that answers your question. Oh, that 100% answers okay. it. And, and kind of takes me on to the next one because I'm, I'm very passionate about the technology industry and, and what I've seen over 
the last few years. When I say the last few years, I'm actually talking about the last 15. So when I started in recruitment, I used to place developers 15, 16 years ago. If you placed a developer into, into a technology company, their, their tenure there on average would be three to four years. Nowadays, if we look at technologists, hands-on technologists, their average tenure is about 13 months. Um, and that's deemed as, as good, um, which, which both of us know that isn't good. And any technologist listening to this and anybody who, who is, is thinking of joining a company in a company, they know that 13 months, there's not so much you can get your teeth into in such a short amount of time. So actually what you've just said there about pivoting, um, for me, it's very much linked to to how can we support staff to stay in companies longer? And I don't necessarily like calling it like, what's your staff retention strategy? But it, it is about how can we build people um, and how can we invest in them? And how can we do our, do our bit to help people stay within businesses to really allow themselves to grow? I think we've been, I was gonna say we've been lucky, but there is, there is things we've done behind the scenes because our, our, we have good staff retention, especially in our developer team. Mm-hmm. Um, our average tenure is between three and four years. So we are lucky. And I think right you know, that's brilliant for the individuals, but there's also a lot of business benefits. It means we can move faster. Um, I think we're, we are one of the fastest growing companies because of our amazing developers and the fact that they know each other, they work well, to, well together and they can move quickly. And I think how you retain staff is, is really trying to find out what motivates them. Um, so it's being very clear on what your offer is to staff at the start. And it took us a while to figure out, so why should someone come work here? Why should a developer work here? But then once you figure that out, you tell people. And if those people then align to what you're saying and, and what you care about, hopefully they'll care about the same things. I think it's that kind of mismanaged expectations at the beginning, promising the world. Whereas we're saying like, hey, if you're a developer, or if you're an analyst or customer operations, this is the offer and this is what we can offer you. And I think that's what really helps retention, as well as listening to your employees as well. So finding out what they care about, what they're annoyed about, and and fixing it. Yeah. But what we are very good at is staff mobility. And we've introduced recently for our developers, um, they can second into our product team. And that's been really successful as well. Um, And now we've got new teams have popped up. So we've got a QA team in the last year. And now we've got a DevOps team. So I think as we're very lucky, a lot of our opportunities come from our company growth. Um, and yeah, I'm very proud that we've got a, a high retention of our, our developers. And that's great. Like you explain that so simply, like if someone's got a problem, let's talk about it and we can fix yeah. it. Um, and it's great to hear for technologists that these new roles are getting created and new departments because, you know, when, when people listening to this here, the QA department or the DevOps department, mm-hmm. you know, they, these are these really, really sexy technologies that people are calling us about and saying, right, where, where are these opportunities and how can I shift my current skill set and step into that? Because I think that's the future. So it's great that you're providing that constantly to your, to your current team. Um, we, um, yeah. we just rolled out um, career paths and exactly that to show, it actually shows people how do you move into the different roles. So yeah. if you're a junior developer, what opportunities are there ahead of you? If you're a senior developer, what could you potentially do? And you're completely right. People want to know where that map is and how they can pass. Mm. So yeah, that's, and that's fantastic to hear. Really, really good to hear. Um, so my last question to you is about 
Caplanta and what's next on the horizon? I know it's a difficult question. We've just come out of lockdown. Um, <laughs> you know, this is, this is getting recorded in September, but listened to for a long time to come. Um, where, where are you now and where would you like to be? So for a company, I think for us, it's all about growth. Yeah. Um, and how do we get back on a path for high growth? Um, yeah. is obviously... Uh, it's us the same as any other companies so it's now we're lucky that we can regroup and figure out how do we get back on that that path um so that's the biggie for us so we grow in the uk how do we grow in spain how do we launch in the us so it's global expansion from a business perspective and i guess from a people perspective it's growing in those teams it's the uk team supporting the spanish team and the us team as, as they continue to grow and from my perspective it's retaining culture as we expand as well. Mm-hmm. Well, some really, really exciting new plans and a perfect time to record this podcast because I love, I love that the listeners can get excited about companies and I love that listeners can then get in touch with you afterwards and say, I've just heard this podcast. Absolutely. I'd love to hear more. So everybody oh, listening, <laughs> yeah, everyone listening, please, I'm going to make sure that Philippa is tagged in this podcast, tagged in any LinkedIn posts that I do, but I know Philippa, you're going to be open to speaking to anyone that listens to this. Yeah, right? absolutely. Great, great. So thank you so much for sharing the, the story of Capital on Tap. And I know that we can probably do another update of this in maybe six months time and hear how far you guys have come. But it's been a pleasure getting under the hood and really learning about what makes you guys different. So thanks thank for sharing so the story. Much.